going, everybody? Luke Buckley, along with Joe Marino, Cost the Optimistic Podcast. We are back. Um, been about two weeks, I think. So some stuff has happened, mostly not good. One um, very good thing that we can talk about. Uh, Sabres have practically played themselves out of the playoffs. And uh, we're here uh, to talk about it. Another depressing uh, show after a string of upbeat ones, I would say. It's an every other podcast trend. Positive, yes. negative, positive, negative. The whole season has been like this. It's it's sad. They they Like you said, they completely played themselves out of this playoff race. And it just hasn't been pretty you know the the tagline lose properly that tim murray used mm-hmm. to say back in the day they are not losing properly they're getting they're getting curb stomped yeah basically they're, every game now it's not not good not losing with dignity uh so to speak just trying yeah. to bring up the standings here yeah at one point they're two points out playoff spot with games in hand and now i i don't even look at the standings anymore because you just yeah. know that it's over. They've got to be at least like seven, eight points out. They pretty much gotten in a position where they have to run the table to get in. Right. Six points out. Okay. Uh, Pittsburgh still at 78 points. This is a really strange year. I think because the, the, the wild card race has been so competitive, there's going to be some odd point totals for playoff teams. Mm. Something just, like the Islanders, they have the first wild card spot. They have 80 points in 71 games. That just seems strange for a playoff team. Like what what's that going to turn out to be? 90 90 points maybe. Maybe they end up with 92 points, 94 yeah, points. 94, 95 something. It's like, like that. recently I feel like there's been a lot more 100 point high 90 point teams in the wild card. I'm looking at last year. Uh uh, the wild cards in the East, Boston 107, Washington 100. And that was a weird year for the East. But last the, year was skewed, though, because yeah, so many bad teams. Uh, but in, in the West, it was 98 points, 97 points in mm. the wild card. But I, I just feel like I'm no mathematician here, I'm not a human calculator, but it just feels that is going to be quite different this season. Yeah, and it's it's unfortunate because really if they had better goaltending, maybe they're still in the race or mm-hmm. they're in a spot. You look at the, that eight-game losing streak earlier in the year where they were losing some close games. You win half of those, you're right in it still, you're, or you're in it. So mm-hmm. I know that a lot of people will point to, oh, it's a development year, not the end of the world, just enjoy the ride. But for me, that ended in... December, January, where they, when they were still very much yeah. in the race. This is the season for me. It changed into, okay, you're right there. Let's make the playoffs now. And I don't know how you can physically watch what's going on right now and just be like, ah, fine, whatever. Like, I'm, I'm pissed off. I can't, I, I, yeah. I'm upset that they folded like a cheap tent. It, they're just, it seems like they've given up. I don't know. It's very frustrating to watch what has happened. See, I think part of me believed that in the end, 
even when they were playing lights out earlier in the year, it was still kind of like a pipe dream, kind of like a, are they seriously going to do this? Like are the Sabres with this team really going to get in with this defense core they have? Um, And so it, you know, it was fun keeping track of it as it all unfolded. And as they kind of like defied expectations, it lasted longer than, I would imagine most people thought, which is yeah. good. I yeah. think you would have preferred this stretch that they're having right now to be at the beginning of the season, kind of like last year, how they finished very strong. If they yeah. end miserably, like if they continue this and win like five of their last 20 games, something like that, and you pick sixth, I think the vibes from the fan base are going to be not so good. <laughs> Uh, some pressure, not job security pressure, but I think a lot of fans are going to be like, okay, it's time to really turn this around now. You can't have another season like that. Yeah, yeah. And they're kind of bookending the season with one terrible stretch and then another terrible stretch. If 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 they come back and rattle off, I don't know, eight wins in 10 games then, It'll truly be a mirror image uh, of how the season started. They're going mm-hmm. through that rough patch right now. Um, but it's it's disappointing. I think before the season started, I said they'd be, I think, 80, 85 or 88 points is what I wanted to see them at. And they're better than Ottawa and Detroit, so they made progress that way. Didn't see that I think come. beginning of the year, most people probably would have said Ottawa and Detroit would be better than them. Right. including me. So yeah. And, and Ottawa and Detroit made actual strides to improve their main roster over the summer too. So that's a plus if you're right. looking for the moral victories. Yeah. So um, to, there, there's a lot of things that happened that I think you're lying to yourself. If you're still saying you didn't think they would catch up to the Sabres, um, eventually like the defense the goaltending yeah, uh the, the, the goaltending 100 <laughs> percent well it is terrible uh and i think even even the the scoring pace too um still mm-hmm. number four in the league in goals scored um but there's certain things that just aren't sustainable over time and yeah there were trends showing that and it was it was going to take a continued Herculean effort to um, overcome the defensive struggles and the goaltending struggles. So uh, just things that were out of their control that unfortunately can't really be fixed uh, mid season. And I think we can, you know, a lot of people uh, are seeing that now. Let's let's start with the goaltending here. We'll make our way from goaltending to defense to the forwards, kind of like a retrospective kind of deal. So the goaltending has been horrific. To, right. to be blunt, it's just been, it's not good enough. And Elliot Friedman, over the last couple of weeks, he's said a couple of times that they, of course, if you, unless you've been living under a rock, you know that Devin Levi has signed his entry level deal. He was at practice today. He didn't practice, but he was watching on the bench. That's nice to see. He was in the Ryan Miller pose. He was. Mm-hmm. Uncanny appearance there lookalikes but anyways <laughs> uh 
Elliot kind of alluding to they're not going to block his path. And if you've listened to anything that Kevin Adams has said over the last couple of seasons, that checks out. And I know that people will say, oh, Elliot doesn't have great sources about the Sabres anymore, yada, yada. And, and I got all the respect in the world for Chad Dedeminisis and he him debunking what Elliot's saying there. But listen, it's Elliot freaking Friedman. I'm not going <laughs> to. Yeah, it's it's Elliot. He's not blowing smoke up our ass. I'm sure that he's heard some something reliable. And I personally am not expecting an earth shattering move in that for the Sabres I'm expecting like if you're expecting them to trade for Thatcher Demko or UC Saros I just don't see it they're not gonna block out Levi I know that he's gonna start in Rochester next year you would think unless he starts some games down the stretch here and just steals the job then then maybe (laughs) maybe he takes the job here but I just don't really see them a giving up big assets because that goes against everything that they have been preaching for the last two years or B blocking Devin Levi's path. And I think that's not the right way to do business. I think the best Mm -hmm. course of action for this team is to just pretend that Devin Levi just act like he's not there. Let him do his own thing. Let him develop. Right. And go get a good goaltender, some a luxury that you haven't had in a very long time. They must be supremely confident in Levi's ability right now to just push him right onto the roster. Because do you think of this their mindset these past couple of seasons and it's just take your time with everybody? And uh no, he's getting the he's getting the rocket strapped to his back, brother. Uh they're putting him right on the main team. So I don't know. He could come out and play like a rock star and maybe his first game, what's it speculated to be against Montreal probably because yep. they're not good. Uh, so his favorite team growing up too. Yeah. Yeah. Let's say he gets a shutout. Fan base is rowdy. You keep playing them and he wins six games for the year ends. I don't know. Just theoretically here. Yeah. <laughs> then, then, He's on the team next year. Then he's the on the team next year, yeah. But I don't know. I either way, I I think the only way he's in Rochester next year is if he completely craps the bed and has like a seven seven four save percentage. I I don't yeah. I I don't know. Um, it it just seems counter to what their mindset is. I think they've deemed it that he's good enough to to skip that level huh i don't i don't i think i disagree because i think that they really prioritize over marinating in the ahl mm-hmm. you look at what quinn and paterka were doing last year and they just got cups of coffee with the team when it was absolutely needed so mm-hmm. i don't think i think you're definitely going to see him get at least half a season down there next yeah. season unless he see 
goes six and zero down the stretch here yeah. and has a nine thirty save percentage and right, right, exactly. He looks me, fantastic. We'll we'll see how he looks. Yeah, it's all about how he plays. Uh, and I that's that's the scariest thing to me. That's that's the biggest mystery right now is how is he going to play? How's he going to transition? So it's really all up in the air. We're um we're gonna see. Uh, when is that game? They played. Monday. A week from right. today, I believe. A week from today. Uh, so hmm, maybe it won't be that. Maybe it'll be sooner. Who knows? We'll see. At this point, like, just see what he can do. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Yeah, nothing. They already burnt the year by signing the deal. So just give him some games. Yeah. Selfishly. Uh, what do you think about the goaltending next year? Like, you, it seems like you're in the camp that, Levi might be here. I, oh, I don't I, think he'll be here. Do you think they're going to make the the big move, like actually address it for the first time? No, in a long like, time. Listen, I would love Thatcher Demko, but as for now, it's 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 pie in the sky. I heard Sal Capaccio say that on his his Bills podcast <laughs> when talking about like trades and like. That's just been what the term I've using, <laughs> been using lately. I hope it happens because it's a wonderful fit. I don't think they're going to make any crazy move, though. One move, I don't know if you'd count this as crazy or not. I've been waiting for us to record so I could put this thought out there. Buy out the final year of Comrie's contract. Just do it. If In a way, you're doing right by the player, which I right. think is what this organization, again, wants to do. He can go play wherever. He can go to Sweden. He can sign in the AHL. He can sign with another team that wants him. Uh, buy him out. Get rid of that logjam. Get him off the team. Just find something else. He's I, I, he's not even backup caliber. Um, I just think it's the easiest path to go down. I don't think it would be difficult. It's one year. Um, it would be a $600,000 cap charge for yeah. 2023, 2024, and then the following season as well. So, so I don't see the harm. It's, 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 it's nothing. We've talked about yeah, how it's nothing of cap problems for an eternity. So just pull the trigger, get it done. And then, um, I don't know, you put Levi, uh, uh uh, again, if he plays well, you have Levi, hopefully with someone new because UPL is kind of looking like Patrick Aleem right now. Um, <laughs> he has shown himself to be a true backup yeah. in this league. He has turned into Anders Nilsson. Some, uh, some bright spots, but yeah, some very, very bad exactly. uh, games. Like yesterday, we didn't really touch on the Bruins game, but... My God, that was Jonas Johansson. Like, that was horrific. And honestly, for the most part, I didn't think the Sabres played that bad. I thought they played a decent game. That's what the stats say. Overall, but. Well, three, at least from what I watched, I watched through like the second period. Three of those Bruins goals came right after the Sabres had tons of chances and were dominating in the uh, in the Bruins zone. The Sabres had lots of good scoring chances, but Jeremy Swayman played He's outstanding. basically the opposite of how Uko Pakalukanen played. Maybe like, Jeremy Swayman's a target. I'd love to RFA. put him. He's an RFA. <laughs> put him, uh, trade for him. 
Yeah. Trade Can the Bruins rights. afford him? I don't know. Mm. That's that's an idea I would definitely that's get behind. Thing. Yeah. But um no, this the stat the stats or the advanced stats, the analytics certainly show it was winnable. And I think you could see that too just by watching it, even though the score was seven nothing. Yeah. Um, they couldn't make a save. No, you couldn't get a save and Swayman Lukanen... made the saves when his team needed it and mm-hmm. Uko Pekalukin did not. And obviously you need to score more goals than the other team to yeah. win the hockey game, but it's not like you had turnovers that led to Lukanen being hung out to dry. Like even the, the disallowed it was just goal that basic uh, Bertuzzi play. kicked in. It was like I I said to myself they should just let that count because of how bad that was. Yeah. It, it, I don't want by any means anyone to misconstrue my words and think I just said a seven nothing game was winnable. But it shouldn't have been seven nothing. It could right. have been three nothing, nothing and you could have scored two goals and then it's winnable. But four mm-hmm. of those goals were horrible. Yeah. So I, I just think um it's I don't know what could be going on. He's just he struggled with everything yesterday, mm-hmm. Lukanen did. Yeah, uh, catching the puck, game. concentrating, uh tracking the puck. It just looked like he was lost. So I don't know it you know, it, it certainly can't feel good because he, he probably has that that older brother when a newborn is brought into the house thing where he's like he's like he's just a guy there occupying the net while everybody fawns over Devin Levi. And that yeah. could do crazy things mentally to the most mentally difficult position in the game. And Who I don't do you think, think that should be has the higher odds of being here next year. Lukanen or Comrie? Oh, Lukanen. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. I would I'm sure their grand division, like I think last time or the time before we referenced Adams opening up his plan, the big scroll. Mm-hmm. His long term vision is probably Devin Levi's your starter and Ukopeka Lukanen's your backup. Yeah. But if they're if they were, if 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 they were to trade for a goalie, is Lukanen not the guy that is probably involved in that trade? Uh yeah, definitely. I think he has more potential at this point just because of his age and his uh size. his background, his right. size, yeah, sure. Um than Comrie does who he's he's been around uh, a bit. People know who what Eric Comrie is. Um Whereas Lukanen, I don't know, maybe the team will see, well, he can, we can maybe get something out of him in a different situation. Mm. Yeah, I I don't really know where they go from here, but I'm expecting more of a lateral move at best. I don't think, I, I doubt they trade Lukanen unless they're making a bigger move, but that would really surprise me because... The Demko idea, the Saros idea, you can put that right in the filing cabinet under, we're not going to compromise the future to help out now, and we're mm-hmm. not going to block out Devin Levi. So, yeah. You think there's any, um, you think there's any shot? You think there's any shot they try the three-goalie system again next oh year? Oh, my God. I hope not. But also, it wouldn't surprise me, because if Anderson wants to go again, are they going to tell him to go kick rocks? Right. I doubt it. I don't, I don't know. I don't think anyone expected Anderson to be back again this year. Like a year ago, right now, if I would have told you Anderson's coming back, what would you have said? You probably would have called me crazy. And he's playing great. He might not want 
to go out like this. He might want, I mean, the team should be better next year. So maybe he wants to take one more run in it. Uh, And it might be an even better situation with two developing goalies underneath him. Uh, (laughs) But I don't, I wouldn't put it past them to, to bring him back and do this again. I'm sorry. Any situation where a quality goaltender is not added by mm-hmm. either trade or free agency is just a nightmare right. scenario right and do. you're asking for trouble. Like, yeah, they need to do something here and actually take this seriously because whether it's a Jason Botterill, Kevin Adams, Tim Murray, whoever, Tim Murray tried, but, but like none of them took goaltending seriously. They got to do something here. Yeah, you you absolutely cannot go into next year um without bringing a new face in, I don't think. But um got to do something. Yeah. And I think hey, that's probably honestly goaltending is probably the first thing on Kevin Adams' mind. I would certainly hope so. I talked if it wasn't what else could it be? <laughs> yeah, it could be defense. defense. Yeah, I think that's defense. that's a logical mm-hmm. step to go to next while we're breaking this down. I think defense gets blamed quite a bit especially by the people who don't like to just blame the goalie, but you look at their defense, three of their guys are just put them in ink. Like they're there for the long term. It's Samuelson, Dalene and Power. They're there. That's half your decor. Uh Labushkin has been really good. Like I have no issue with Ilya Labushkin since he like actually recovered from that injury. He's been yeah, fine. he's really picked it up. Yeah, he's looking like early Labushkin, as yeah, in early this year Labushkin. Stillman looks solid too. I really don't <laughs> have any gripes with him. The only ones who I think you could really make an honest to goodness upgrade over are Yoki Haru and Jacob Bryson. I've really soured on. On, on those two. Uh, yeah. Bryson is our guy who's just looked lost at points. And maybe maybe it's him who has brought down uh, Labushkin's level of play a bit. But um, yeah, those two guys can certainly be improved upon. You look at the depth chart, Samuelson and Dalene are your first pair. Mm-hmm. Second pair, you got Power and get a guy, uh, placeholder. And then you got Stillman and uh, Labushkin. So realistically, you're adding one guy on defense, but that's if they actually want to make a trade because that means you have to trade Henry Okiharu mm-hmm. or somebody else. So it, it it now becomes okay. Now you actually have to subtract from the core. Yeah, like they traded Rasmus Asplin, but they wanted to do right by the player, and they brought in a guy in Jordan Greenway that Don Granado really likes and. Jury's still out on him, but the, I think right next to the goaltending, uh, someone to play with Owen Power is a mm-hmm. priority. Now is Ryan Johnson the, the guy that they put next to Owen Power? I, I think eventually that could become a good pair, but similarly to the Devin Levi conversation, I think if you are banking on Ryan Johnson being a difference maker right off the bat, that's a mistake. And now I think a couple months ago, if you would have asked me, okay, where does Ryan Johnson fit going forward? I would have said he's going to be at Buffalo. But since Stillman, he looks fine. 
him and Labushkin play pretty well together. Mm. I don't see any reason to break that up, assuming there's no horrific collapse between the two of them down the stretch here. I I could see Johnson being on the team next year. Yeah, I wouldn't be surprised. Bring him like, into it. I and uh maybe he does play uh right alongside power, who knows? Um because I think he can come in and, and jump right over uh Yoki Haru and, and, and Bryson, definitely. I think he's a better defenseman than Jacob Bryson right now. Hundred mm-hmm. percent. And the thing with Johnson is he's so, rock solid defensively. Like you, you look at it, he's not the, the biggest guy, and I I know that people will just look at their elite prospects page and see, oh, how tall he's six foot. I don't, I, I don't have it in front of me. But six feet. Like, yeah, he's six, yeah, feet, six tall. feet flat. Yeah, and they'll see, oh, he's probably not that solid defensively. Doesn't hit people. Yada yada yada. But he he's he can defend. He's a great skating defenseman, but bigger Jacob Bryson, but can actually defend. Like he can make a really good first pass and he can play the right side too, mm-hmm. which is a luxury. So maybe they decide to do that. Maybe they move on from Yoki Haru. They use him as a trade chip to upgrade elsewhere. But I think starting in Rochester, maybe plays a quarter of the season down there and then they go from there. I wouldn't be surprised, but one, once Minnesota is done at the NCAA tournament, I would be shocked if Johnson's not playing games. I believe they're they're opening against um Canisius. Yes. Yeah. So that's gonna that, be interesting. Two reasons to watch right there. Yeah. Uh yeah. What what do you think they do on defense? Do you do you think they just graduate Johnson or do they just keep it the same? Because gotta remember all of these defensemen are under contract for next year. All of them. They're all back. I think as you put it, yeah, they graduate Johnson I think you got to give him a shot um that but you also brought up how that would uh require a trade too um I don't know I have a hard time seeing them trading Yoki Haru I'm with you there I like, I don't I, think I, he's that good but you gotta, you gotta also remember this isn't a player that Kevin Adams drafted or traded for right doesn't no really have an attachment, as you say. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. We don't yeah. really. He's not a guy that he really raves about all that often. Mm-hmm. That's he true. Has, he has ups and downs. So if there were a defenseman to go, I would think that it would be Yoki Haru and Bryson, the mm-hmm. the two that could potentially go. Right, and now that you bring up the 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 attachment factor. Uh, we know they they wanted Labushkin. And right. Labushkin wanted to be here, so it certainly won't be him. Um, so I don't know. Maybe it it might create a situation where someone's unhappy. But um, I I just I see Johnson uh, being in the lineup uh, consistently. Mm-hmm. Maybe there's an upset in round one, and he comes here uh, this year, makes his debut the same game as uh, Devin Levi, and he just knocks him off. <laughs> Imagine that. Oh my God, <laughs> I'm rooting for Canisius. I want to see. Oh, of course, Ryan Johnson sooner I'm rather going, than later. I'm gonna make an effort to to watch the the tournament this year. I haven't in the past. I really wanted to go to the the uh, the final, or at least the one of the games in the series with Niagara, but I just couldn't mm-hmm. find ticket info 
and it was just a bunch of confusion. So topic for another time. Yeah, it's it should be should be an interesting term. I think Minnesota is going to have a nice deep run though, but mm-hmm. we'll see. Uh, okay. Any other thoughts on the defenseman? No. Ship to the forwards. Okay. Uh, Jordan Greenway. Yeah. What have you thought of him? Because I think our last episode was after the deadline before he had even played a game yet. So I, honestly, I think he's he's had his his ups and downs for sure. <laughs> right, and coincidentally, his ups came with playing with Tate Thompson in the top line. Yeah. Um, one goal in eight games. He's a minus five. Um, I, right now, right from the outset, I wasn't that impressed i thought it was cool that they traded for a guy that we've talked about of course and mm-hmm. maybe in a, in a different body type and one thing that people have been pointing out that i didn't really think of that's true is adams said that teams are trying to bully us and greenway was brought in for you know to to kind of amend that problem and haven't really seen it we've seen stillman do it yeah, uh, but just it it just hasn't been there. The, the the eye test has been failed for me, Joe. Um, but I don't know nothing nothing special necessarily. I know he's a bottom six player, but um, just wish we could have see, uh, seen more so far. And I think too, I saw this idea float around as well this weekend. Just maybe a training camp will do him yeah. good. It's been an, a a crazy year for him, obviously uh, getting traded. Um, so just maybe something there. Let him work with the whole team uh, in a in a environment like that, a development environment, and um, you know a more personal environment perhaps too, and um, maybe that'll get him more comfortable in the system. Yeah, yeah, that's a good point. And you got to remember his first game here was it not the Dallas game? I don't remember. That might have been a second game, but no. Um, ever since he got here, it was. Oh, I think it was the Edmonton, Edmonton game. Edmonton. Yeah, Edmonton. Yes. Where yes. they, uh, Stuart Skinner stole the show. Yeah. But ever since he got here, it's been nothing but misery for the most part. <laughs> like right. Injury. Darlene got hurt. Thompson was hurt for a little bit, and I think those two are still playing hurt currently. Samuelson is out week to week. Comrie got hurt. Uh. Injuries piling up. Tuck got hurt. Like injuries piling up. I think that's a factor. I'm not gonna chalk them blowing this up to injuries, but I think it's definitely some sort of a factor here. And Granado, he this is the thing that happens when your coach brings in a guy, the the, the GM brings in a guy that the coach really likes, that yeah. he's obviously not a perfect player, but I think the intention when they traded for Jordan Greenway was okay. We're trying to bring in a guy that we see a lot of potential in. We maybe he can blossom into a top six forward. But in reality, Jordan Greenway is probably a fourth line player that's going to mm-hmm. kill penalties for you. So I think we need to adjust our expectations a little. And now, obviously, mm-hmm. Granado is putting him on the top line. See what he can do. But long term, because he is under contract for two more years, you're probably not going to be seeing Jordan Greenway in a top six or even top nine role on this team. Yeah, you still need to see more out of him. But I think 
like you said, probably a training camp, get acclimated to Buffalo and his teammates a little more and got to keep in mind the situation that he came right into. Mm-hmm. Right. Um, yeah, because, you know, they didn't make it explicitly clear what Granado meant exactly when he said that um, he knows how to get the most out of him, right? I mean, we don't know what they envision uh, that being in what role they will uh, get the most out of him in. So, uh, yeah, you raise a good point there, too. Maybe they, they see him as being able to be molded into a, uh, a great fourth line player or um, uh, um, third line player. And I mean, that day they did get rid of Asplund. So maybe they saw him as a, a bigger Rasmus Asplund that could fill a hole there. Would certainly like to see him get involved more after mm-hmm. the whistle. I guess yes. you could say, because like Adam Stir said, we're getting bullied a lot. And that was part of the reason why they traded for Stillman and Greenway. And you really haven't seen much. Yeah. Go punch the bully in the mouth. Yeah. And like yesterday cousins getting in that fight with Trent Frederick. And that, that was a great fight. I don't know if you, did you see that? It was beautiful. Yeah. It started, uh, it, it, it started, uh, one way and then, um, ended. I think, uh, Frederick got his bits in at the end there, Mm -hmm. but great fight. Great fight. Classic hockey fight. Heavyweight battle. Yeah, and that's part of the reason why they went out and traded for those two guys so your cousins of the mm-hmm. world don't have to drop the gloves and Peyton Krebs as well. So mm-hmm. obviously we want to see more at Jordan Greenway, but I think give him some time. It's yeah. not a great situation right now. And I, I don't think this might get brought up from time to time, but the reason they're losing is not because they shook up the room. It's just mm-hmm. not. You, you don't no. add a couple of guys and subtract Rasmus Asplund from the team and then just start losing 7 nothing every night. It just doesn't happen. Mm-hmm. Uh, overthinking it. Right. Um, yeah, no, it's, it's, it's just strange, really. Since the trade deadline, of course, that was when um, Tuck went down and a lot of shuffling to do there. And I think part of it too is that Darlene is cl- is clearly playing hurt. Mm-hmm. Uh he just hasn't been as explosive. Uh Samuelson's out of the lineup again. Everyone knows that I it's it it's it's I don't know if it's a phenomenon or if it's actually like a real thing that they can't win without Samuelson in the lineup. It's, I think uh, they have like five wins without yeah, they have Samuelson. Five wins without him. So Maybe he, he really has, is he, just that good. Since January, he has not been playing that well either, too, which is crazy. So uh, it, it's just it's a strange thing where if he's not on the ice, um, I don't know. It's like one of those things where they're not that good wearing the blue jerseys, but they're very good in the, the black and red. So it's That's mind-boggling to me how yeah, it's, <laughs> in those blue jerseys they can't win. <laughs> yeah, and they can't win at home. It's just been a weird year in in general. Yeah, I don't, you know, I don't understand. Also point out, the, the dynamic in the arena, too, has been better. Like you would think yeah. in a more rowdy environment that they would do better as well, but mm-hmm. they just can't play at home. No. It, it's just rough. There's a lot of factors that could be playing into it, too, that, that 
we don't see. I think like the amplified noise perhaps about being in the hunt, if you will. Can they play um, under pressure? Yeah, can they play under pressure? They're young. They're 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 still young. They've never played in this situation before, other than lesser tournaments when they were kids. So there's a lot of things, I guess. Under the hood is the term I'd want to use that we don't see um that could be swaying things here as a season. What do you uh, want to see to end. in what do you want to see in these last 20-ish games, however many games are left from this team? I I think we're both in agreement they're probably not going to run the table and make the playoffs, but is there a certain player you want to see take a step, show some progress? What what do you want to see? I want what's keeping me going is Devin Levi being on the team. So I, sure. I I I will be tuned in full attention to all of his starts. So um that's the one that's one promising thing uh that I really want to see just come in, look good. I you know, just give him some good support on defense, give him some goals. Um just watch him finally play. Watch him finally be here. Um <laughs> For me, besides Levi, because I think that's the obvious answer, I wanted to keep seeing Jack Quinn and J.J. Paterka improve because for some reason Paterka got scratched the other night, and that was just mind-boggling to me. But Mm -hmm. I think both of them have been really, during this losing streak especially, they've been some of their best players. Yes. Uh, You can really see them start to really improve. So those two guys right there. There have who I'm watching closely. Right. There have been serious flashes um of what they can look like um in a few years, what they what they most likely will look like too. Uh they inconsistent, that... but right, but that's had, I feel like for the most part they've had some nice bright spots. Yeah, I've been saying all year that the Sabres at times are playing with ten guys on on offense because they're kind of babysitting these two kids as they, as they come along. But um, we've gotten more of the good recently um, where, yeah, like you said, they've been two of the best players um, during this stretch. They had that really nice setup to one another uh, a couple of games ago. Uh, one of their last wins. Was it the Toronto um, game? Yes. I think it was the Toronto game. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, they had a really nice setup. I think they went in and on two on one together. It was just a nice cross crease. Uh, I think Quinn might have scored, but um, yeah, like definitely more promising uh, play from them. Um, honestly, maybe just see Tage get a few more goals too. Yeah, get on the score sheet. He's been mm-hmm. struggling a little bit. Get to fifty. That'd be a that nice be cool. number to watch. Mm-hmm. Uh. Oh man, I'm I just pulled up the Tankathon draft lottery simulator because because <laughs> why not? The Sabres have the 13th pick as of right now. <laughs> they there's a streak column and the losing streaks are highlighted in green. Arizona has won four in a row. They're six two and two in their last ten. It's highlighted in red. Clayton so, Keller is having a crazy year apparently. Oh yeah, love me more some points Clayton than Keller. Ovechkin. I saw. <laughs> Yeah, so as of right now, the Sabres don't have any chance to get the number one pick, but they do have a 2% chance to 
win the lottery and or under the current rules you can only move up 10 spots so we're gonna humor the lottery crowd here it's not a very big crowd but (laughs) do a lottery simulation here and we'll see where the sabers pick they don't move up 13 but the capitals moved up from 10 to 1 and they're picking first and arizona moves up five spots pick second so that's your draft lottery simulation of the day i'll do one more why not? Do one more. I'll, I will too, because in mine I got 13 also. Oh. Chicago moves up, picks first. San Jose stays at two. Okay. What's yours? My result, uh, Chicago moved up two spots, and the Sabres moved to number three. So oh. there we go. There we go. They Mitchkov right. season. I yeah. love it. Yeah. Yeah. Right now, my my guy is David Reinbacher. <laughs> uh, Austrian defenseman playing in the Swiss League. Uh, I've been watching a little bit of him lately. He's really catching my eye. I think he's the perfect type of player, almost NHL ready, I would even say. I think bare minimum he's in the AHL next year, but he's a guy that I certainly have circled for the Sabres inside of that top 13. Hey, it's it's almost time for all you guys uh, to start to get cracking on the uh, the draft guide, I bet, right? Oh yeah, definitely. Yeah, see, it's it's uh, it's time. I made my top thirty list today. There you go. I remember proofreading. Um, remember we were in the radio station at Madai, and I I, oh, I, I remember I, I proofread one of your uh, one of your draft articles, your power rankings, one of them. Oh yeah, way back when. Yeah, twenty nineteen probably. Yeah, it sounds about right. Oh, yeah. some some uh, football related news. The Houston Texans are hosting Devin Singletary on a visit oh. today. So, wow, that's interesting. Texans that is... are also signing Dalton Schultz to a one year deal. Tight end. Mm-hmm. Okay. Okay, they're making some changes. There's your yeah. football nugget for yeah. the podcast. Hey, one more. Uh, I just want to say I really like the the Trent Sherfield signing. Yes, I remember. <laughs> seeing him in some Miami highlights last yeah. year. I'm like, who is this guy? But yeah, because he made some plays against us. And then he he listen, anybody who can bust off a 70 yard touchdown. Yeah. With Tua Tungvaloa as their quarterback, I'm cool with them being here. Seems like they've made a couple of under the radar, but some yeah. high reward signings with Hardy right. and yes. Sherfield. That is true. That's true. Hopefully a more dynamic offense out of the bills this year Mm -hmm. hope hope at least yeah so it's been Uh, exciting anything else sabers related coming to mind here nothing nothing uh nothing at all let's look at the upcoming schedule here and yes kind of preview it tomorrow nashville i do maybe have one thought i guess relating to the schedule we knew this was going to be a tough stretch we we talked about this weeks ago their toughest stretch the season's coming up they hadn't faced the Rangers at all this year, yada, yada. And, uh, yeah, it's it's showing itself to be that. 13 games left. Mm-hmm. They've got Nashville, New Jersey, and the Islanders this week. And then Monday next week is the Canadians, where I think a lot of people are circling that for potentially Devin Levi's NHL debut. We shall see. And then you got the Rangers, Flyers, Panthers, Red Wings, Hurricanes, Rangers again, Devils, Senators, and Blue Jackets. Not very easy. So no. <laughs> and I'm pulling up Tankathon again. They could, <laughs> well, the realistically, the Sabers could potentially be picking in their trademark eighth overall spot again. 
it's not far fetched. <laughs> yeah, they 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 are they're paying rent at the Eagle Roll spot. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> they have uh, 72 points right now. Uh 81 is the record from 1516. Do you yes. think they surpass 81 points and have the on paper the most successful drought era season? So they're at 72 right now. It's going to be You basically I... have to go 500. Right. The rest of the way to break the record. I say they win tomorrow. Um, you beat the Canadians. That's home. That's seventy six points right there. Win Ottawa and Columbus the last two games of the season. Yeah, they they They're own strong. The, they own the Red Wings this year. Right. They've played Florida close. They they played the Rangers close. So all these games have the potential, right? Like they could win. Mm-hmm. Um, most of them at least keep them close. Could definitely so, see them rattling off five straight at the end of the year. Detroit, Carolina, yeah, just Rangers, us. Devils, yeah. Senators, Blue Jackets. Just hey, we, go streaking. The Hurricanes are a powerhouse, obviously, but they're a little weakened without Svechnikov. So it'll be a different dynamic there when you face them. Uh, so all these remaining games, they have the potential to, to stay in. Um, yes. They're against the better teams in the league teams ahead of you and around you. Um, but there's a lot of potential to, to pass that. Let's, let's hope for 83. Let's hope they can get 11 points out of this. If they can get to 85, I think, I think I'd be pretty happy with then that. That's very successful overall. Yeah. 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 Uh, that man, you you know, just thinking about those years past, how in the heck did they get to eighty one points with that fifteen sixteen team? <laughs> yeah, I don't know. Like, it just, if you look it at that roster, enjoyable. that's insane. Yeah, but it, they were for, up until that bye week. I think they they were in the hunt. Mm-hmm. Like really, I think they they faced like Arizona and Colorado those yep. first two games back from the bye week, and they lost. And it just deflated any chance that they had. Mm-hmm. So, mm-hmm. yeah, we'll see. But I think if anything below 81 points this year, I think that's a failure of a year. Yeah, with how things what, What's considered time, a so. failure of a year? I think the, the talking point pre-trade deadline was, oh, the season ends today. It's already a success. Mm-hmm. How does it end in a failure? Uh, I think if the offense falls flat on its face again, I want to see a couple more five five goal games. What they're yeah. capable of. Um, if you're under five hundred, yeah, it, yes, finish the it, season. Right now, they're eight goals in the negative, mm-hmm. which surprised me because they were so far ahead uh, before. But I think a strong offensive finish prevents this from being a total failure. Look like you did uh, midway through the year, right? Be in mid strong. Yeah, because right now it just seems like something has been clicking. Of course, nothing ever clicks against the Bruins. They're so good defensively. Um, but uh, look good is what I'll say on offense. I'm with you there. Uh, you're up for guy of the week. I don't know if you I have am. One. I am. 
Uh, yeah, you had last week. Brady Jeez. Austin. That was yours, right? Yes. Yeah. Uh, man. Um, now, while you're did, while you're thinking, the Texans have signed Devin Singletary. Wow. Really? Yes. I'm telling you, I think uh, the Bills are probably doing some serious work to get Henry, Eric Henry, Ooh, or that'd be interesting. One of the other power backs. They're going to do something. They'll do significance at running back. Too much smoke. Uh here. Name name a team. Name a hockey team. Uh, anyone. Give me the Calgary Flames. Calgary Flames. All right. Um. Let's see. I'll go Calgary Flames. I'm going to pick a random year. Okay. Okay. Let's go. I picked a former um, Flame last time. Picked Steve Bajan. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Let's go. Oh, okay. The 12 13 Flames. No, wait. That was a lockout year. Let's do the year before 11 12 peak drought Flames. Oh, that's those, those are going to be some guys on that team. Oh, there are some guys here. Oh, there's some good ones. Oh, let me go over this one more time but there were some good ones here at the top just deciding oh oh i'm deciding between two of these guys i um i might have my decision all right let's hear it sven bershi oh <laughs> i was For thinking him. about him the other day wow yeah 290 <laughs> 292 games played, 138 points. Uh, pretty much by his time on ice numbers, a career third liner, fourth liner, 14 minutes of ice per game. Played for the Flames, of course. And then I remember him as a Canuck. Did you know he played for Vegas? Yeah, I think he last signed year? Vegas last year. Yeah, yeah. He played one game. Where is he now? Uh, let's go to, I would trade for him a lot in GM mode because <laughs> he always had a good overall. He was always a solid 83 or something. Playing the Swiss league. Oh, of course he's Swiss, isn't he? Yep. Mm -hmm. He's Swiss. Who's he with? Uh, burn. Oh, he changed the spelling of his name too. Sven Barchi. Yeah. Oh, okay, yeah, so, yeah, so, oh, ooh, ooh, only 14 points. Getting over the hill. That's right. Yeah. Over the hill. Um, I remember him being waived. I think we were still in college when he was waived by the Canucks. This yeah. looks like it had to have been, nine, yeah, 2019, 2020, and I think we were in one of the computer labs when it happened. And we were surprised because there might have been another surprising waiver uh, that day. Like, um, like uh, Charles Houdon might have been waived that day, too, mm. I think, by the Canadians. And that might have been one of the ones we talked about. I think Elliot Freeman I'll, might have talked about them, too. I'll never forget when we were in that computer lab and Jason Botterill traded a fifth round pick for Scott Wilson. And I was just like, this is your answer. Come on. <laughs> I don't remember that. Wow. Yeah. Oh, Jesus Christ. Scotty, Scotty, the Iceman Wilson, as I call you're, him. You're a big Scotty Wilson fan. I liked him. I, and then <laughs> and then I completely forgot about him until a few weeks ago. <laughs> and now I like Scott Wilson. I thought he was a cool player. 
tiny guy, tiny little guy. All but, right. Um, well, yeah. unless you have any other tidbits you want to touch on. No, I was thinking about how we got to do a year-end guy of the week team, the guys of the year, perhaps you could call the it. The guys of the guys, year. The guys of the year. And uh, just see what the team looks like. So we got to, I got to go through the um, old episodes. Cause I think we've been doing it since the first show of the season, right? Yes. Oh, yeah. we, we do have a question from loyal listener, Mike. Yes. On Matt Savoy with Savoy's recent ascension in play. Does he potentially factor in to the roster next year? Will the Sabres rely on more established players in their effort to end the drought? Also, if the Winnipeg ice lose, could he play on Rochester this spring? So great question. We didn't get to touch on Matt Savoy today, but I've been watching some Winnipeg ice games last few weeks. He's been dynamite. Mm-hmm. Fantastic. Uh, he's got like 24 points in his last 10 games. Like he's just a man on a mission ever since getting cut from team Canada. Uh, I think he's here next year. I really do. And it's, I think it's going to come down to Matt Savoy versus Yuri Coolidge. And the main uh, factor here why I would choose Savoy is it's either Buffalo or Winnipeg mm-hmm. or another WHL team if he gets traded, which probably won't happen. Uh, there's really no point in having him in the WHL again next year. He's got nothing left to prove. He's dominating, and he'll just dominate even more next year if he's back there. It's mm-hmm. it's doesn't make any sense. They can't, the only way he can go to Rochester is if they do what the Kraken did for Shane Wright, where if he doesn't play for like two weeks, then he can get the conditioning stint or something. Yeah. I don't know how long he doesn't have to play for, like the healthy scratch, but they could do something like that and get creative where he plays nine games, then he scratched a little bit practices with the team goes to Rochester and then plays on the Canadian world junior team. Then he goes back to the WHL. They could do something like that, but I just do not see any scenario where unless he's terrible in training camp where he is not a Buffalo Sabre next year to start. Yeah. Cause you're right. There's going to be a few spots that are open. I don't think Henestrosa will come back. Um, Joe still probably bring back. I, mm-hmm. Jurgensen's maybe gone. Uh, so hopefully Oposo, retires. Yeah, his staff's up in the air. So there's going to be one or two spots that are open. Um, yeah. And maybe those are everyday spots too. Um, so there's certainly room for him. Got to think Victor Olofsson gets traded too. Yeah, yeah, potentially. If um, they do, if they don't fine. do anything, I don't think Coolidge, Savoy, any of these guys are making the team. They, they have too many guys as it is. Right. And I think it's foolish to assume that Gergensons and Oposo are just going to ride off into the sunset and leave. Mm-hmm. It's not happening. Uh, but yeah, good good question. And to answer the last part of that question, Mike, he could go to Rochester if Winnipeg is upset early on here. Uh, he could also come to Buffalo too, uh, which Honestly. I, doubt, I doubt that that would be the case because I think Winnipeg is going to have a nice long playoff run. Mm-hmm. But in a scenario where the Sabres are still playing and Winnipeg is not, Matt Savoy could play in Buffalo. Yeah. Oh, yeah. You know what? I think either one. Honestly, I wouldn't be against him being in Rochester. 
Yeah, next e- year. either way. Yeah, he can't. The thing is, he can't play in Rochester. If he was, if his mother oh, yeah. popped him out a day before he was <laughs> born, a day before the that cutoff. is so stupid. Yeah, that's just it's so dumb. Doesn't make any sense. It I really doesn't. They, they need to change the CHL rule to a, a another add another year on because. Or yeah. t- take a year off, I think is a better terminology there. They got well. Then that. he's gonna he's gonna have to be here next year. Then he's yeah. There's, the there's no point. Yeah. There's no yeah. point. No, that is so dumb. Yeah. All right. Uh, if you got nothing else, I think that's that's all we've got for this week. We'll probably be back next week. It, at least an episode in the next couple of weeks. Here is oh the, yeah. Well, as the season you know what? Continues to tailspin out of control. Here is not much to talk about. <laughs> I have one thing that I just noticed uh, on the Cat Friendly homepage. Okay. There there was a trade today. Yes. I think a future considerations <laughs> trade. Yeah. Future considerations heads to the Florida Panthers uh, for Cole Kreiger, uh, who goes to the Kings. All right. I, I believe a Michigan State prospect. Yes. 16 points in 38 games. So, yeah, how about that? A trade. Future considerations getting tossed around everywhere this year, even post-deadline. Yeah. So, obviously, if we're a guy who is doesn't have a chance to play in the playoffs anyway. Um, right. But, yeah, so. Um, I wonder how many of those have gone under the radar. We just haven't noticed. <laughs> There's been quite a few trades after the deadline, honestly. Yeah, wait, they're... Yeah, hang on a minute now. Yeah, because the deadline is March... March 3rd. Yes, there has been a couple. Yeah, a handful of future considerations trades. Yep, yep. I want to get a future considerations jersey, Buffalo Sabres jersey. I think that'd be so (laughs) funny. I tried Uh, making a custom one on shopnhl.com, but mm -hmm. uh, it wouldn't fit in the text box. (laughs) Oh, yeah, I can imagine. All right, good show today. We'll be back in next week or the week after. Definitely, we'll have another episode before the end of the season for sure. But mm-hmm. uh, yeah, thanks for listening and follow us on Twitter, and we'll see you in the next one.